After the international break, we're back. Welcome along to the Loftcast. I'm Ian Taylor and today I'm joined by Club Ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague Paul Morrissey. If ever there was a period of fixtures that summed up the joy and despair of being a QBR fan, then surely it was the last three fixtures. From the heady heights of beating the top two in the division, we go and lose 4-0 at Nottingham Forest. We'll be dissecting our... 34th failed attempt at getting a victory at the city ground as well as looking ahead to this weekend's game against Aston Villa. We're also joined on the Loftcast this week by Jordan Cousins as he works his way to getting his QPR career back up and running after an injury played 2017. Unfortunately there is only one place to start as we look back at that game against Nottingham Forest. The 34th failed attempt to get a victory at the city ground. There was such positivity going into that after the recent wins against Wolverhampton Wanderers and Sheffield United, who were the top two at the time. Andy Sinton, what went wrong? What went wrong? First of all, sometimes... Not much went right. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, I'll I'll flip that round. You've got to give the opposition credit. You know, after they got the first goal in the 12th minute, I thought Notts Forest were exceptional on the day. And we, unfortunately, on that day, I think we, we ran out against the side who had... Certainly, all of their offensive players right on top of their game, and sometimes that happens. Uh, on that day, we couldn't cope. So nothing to do with the hoodoo. <laughs> it's got to be surely. <laughs> yeah, well, let's blame that. No, uh, you know, you know, it's it's about the next game. It's about the the um, Ollie would have been saying there's nothing to do with us. Um, but and it's let's just be honest, a lot of the players that are currently playing for the club won't have played in, 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 in exactly. any of those games. And, exactly. And one or two of them might have played in a couple. But the disappointing thing was, and I, I wasn't at the game, but I watched it on the stream. And for the first 10 to 15 minutes, there was only one team in it. We started really brightly. I thought Mass Luongo in that opening 10, 15 minute spell was really at the heart of everything we were doing positive. So then to slip back and then concede that opening goal in almost farcical circumstances mm-hmm. was a real body blow. Yeah, we started really well. I think we had a corner in the, inside the first 30 seconds and it was the one where I think it was Luke Freeman I think who stood it up to the far post a, a lovely dink delivery and you're just waiting for someone to rush onto it and I was thinking my god we're, this is going to be the greatest week ever after the two wins and then we go and break the city <laughs> ground like you away <laughs> <at all. laughs> um, and then the goal was absolutely against the runner play and I think it, it, it's always disappointing to concede but to concede a goal that could have been avoided. Jack Robinson has been absolutely outstanding for us. And I think he probably just tried to do a bit too much with it. I think he's, he said afterwards um, he should have just put, put his foot through it, it yeah. and cleared it. He was yeah. obviously thinking more offensively, which is always to be encouraged. But on that occasion, we got caught out and we were punished for it. It was a, a good finish um, in the end. And Forrest, I mean, I know, Andy, you often say, um, through speaking with uh, Nick London, your co-commentator, he, he says that, since his comment that he often uses and it isn't a cliche it is a, a genuine point goals change games and if ever that was a, a prime example of a goal changing a game because after that first 10 minutes the, the forest crowd were actually getting yeah. a little bit yeah, edgy and a little so. bit wound up and we were playing with real confidence and a, a swagger about us and forest were struggling to get out of their half if you actually look back the first 10 minutes they we were ca- we were camped in their half and then they scored the goal, it lifted the city ground, and all of a sudden their players are, are popping it and playing with a, a, yeah. a, a real level of confidence. And it, I think it's one of those occasions where the goal did change the game, and unfortunately we never really recovered. Ollie said in the past that we're 
often a little bit shaky when we concede first. That hasn't always been the case this season because we had actually taken the lead away from home a number of times. But it was, wasn't it, last Saturday? It was a really shaky performance after that first goal winning. Yeah, as Paul rightly said, you know, we started great. Uh, the goal's gone in. Um, they definitely, you could see them physically grow. We went the other way. Um, so, yeah, it's something we've seemed to have got out of a game. I thought the goal away a few weeks ago at Bolton, that affected us until half-time a little bit. But certainly this season, it's something that hasn't really bothered us, and uh, which is good. But, I, you know, there's nothing to do with... Um, our approach tactically, I just think on the day we came out aside that once they got their nose in front, really grew. I was at a function in the city regarding um, another one uh, <laughs> raise, raise on the morning of the game, raising money for you know the stand uh, benefit. Oh, I thought you meant you were having a, <laughs> another piss up in town like you seem to be doing every other week at the minute. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> oh, Linda's on the phone. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we were we were in uh, Nottingham at twelve o'clock and speaking to you know the legend John McGovern who uh, does a similar role to yeah. myself. And he said they've been really good all season. He yeah. said they'll either Kate will have beaten someone four or five, or they'll lose three or four. Uh, and hence, if you look at they haven't drawn a game, neither yeah. win or they lose. Mm. Mark Warburton's got them playing very expansive. The pitch is big, and lots of gaps, so you can see on any given day they're going to they're going to they're going to thump somebody. And yeah, it could have been so different. Jamie Mackey come on at half time, didn't he? And when the opening two or three minutes, he had that that chance at the back post and. If that goes in, it's a different game. But then the third from Barry Mackay was fantastic on the day. Really just killed us off after that. Paul, Andy, any, either of you? Either of you looking at me? <laughs> I was looking towards the former England international for his uh, insightful views. I, mean, I wasn't looking at you, you weren't looking at me, Paul. But the third really killed it off. Yeah, it did because we actually said at half-time, if, you know... Second goes in just before half time, I think, or oh, it's a, a long way back. But we said if we can get this first, it will completely change the complexion of the game. Going back to your point about goals change games, because they will have gone from being very comfortable and confident to all of a sudden we're right on their tails. That would have created a bit of uneasiness amongst the, the crowd as well, giving us a real fillip. So we're hoping to get that next goal. And Jamie Mackey came close with it. And then once they got the third, you just. You just knew it was it was not going to be our day, and after that, Forest they they played with a swagger, and you have to say, like you said, sometimes you've got to give credit to the opposition. Nottingham Forest looked very strong. We're a naturally fit team this year. You can see that the hard work that's gone into pre-season has paid dividends. Was that almost one game too many that week after the excerpts of playing the top two at Loftus Road in what were huge battles? There was a huge intensity to both games. For me, watching on the stream, I wasn't there, but watching on the stream, it, we looked. Tired? Would that be a fair assumption? Yeah, I think so. Looking at the game, um, <clears throat> you know, I think we left every ounce of energy in those two games previously out on the pitch. Because we had to to get over the line. Because you had yeah. to. You're playing two really good sides and we were fantastic in both those games. So, you know, I've been there myself. You know, it's, it's not for the lack of preparation. It's not for the lack of being focused. It's not for the lack of... Uh, not trying. Sometimes as a player, you're just not quite as sharp as you want. You don't quite get there. Your touch is a little bit off. And if you've got six or seven in the team like that, you're asking for trouble and yeah. you'll get beaten. I think that's just what it was, you know. But uh, again, I'll give credit to the Forest. I thought they were excellent. In isolation, it's it's a poor result, isn't it? But after those two wins, it's, in not, it's important, I should say, not to get to get two down because those two wins against Wolves and Sheffield United certainly showed the potential of the team. I guess we just need to get the monkey off our back in terms of these away results now. Yeah, I mean, that, that but is... We've been saying that for a long time. I know, since February. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're right, and I think that the general reaction from the QPR fans was exactly that. It's a disappointing result, but 
because of the, the two results previous, it was tempered a little bit. That's a disappointing one, but it's a, a bad day at the office. Great results in, in the first two. And if you take those three games and you're offered six points at the start of it, you'd absolutely know. take that, wouldn't you? Because, you know, they, they were three very difficult games for us and to come out with six points from those three games really is a good return. Jordan, thanks for joining us on the Loftcast. Um, a good start to the season for you, albeit a bit later in the day than you would have liked, but you've played two, you've won two, against the top two as well at the time, Wolves and Sheffield United. It must be a good feeling to be back and fit. Yeah, first of all, it's a great feeling to be just back out on the pitch, especially at Loftus Road. You know, it's been a long, hard, you know, 10 months of injury, but it was just, I couldn't have asked for a better start coming back onto the pitch and obviously winning two big games as we did. You've had to be patient, haven't you? It has mm -hmm. been a, an injury-ravaged period for you, but yeah. you've been getting games at 23's level as yeah. well this season to build up your fitness. Mm -hmm. After the problems you have had over the last year, how yeah. important was it to be patient and just bide your time for your return to the team? Uh, yeah, it's, obviously it's very important to be patient, but you know, I've always had belief in myself that I could get back to my best. Um, obviously, I had setbacks when I was injured, but it was just, you know, keep a level head. I'm a person that I don't really get too up when it's high. I don't get too down when, you know, the times aren't good. I just try and stay on one level and work as hard as I can to try and get fit. Andy, just quickly on that, Jordan's made a point there, that the highs and lows of football, you don't get too carried away when things are going well and too low when they're not. As a former professional yourself, is that something you try to, to manage throughout your career as well? Yeah, I think it's so important. A lot of people, you know, they have a couple of good games and they read the hype, they they get the pats on the back and all of a sudden they, they stop doing the things that have taken them there. And vice versa, if you have a really bad game or you have a little bit of an injury setback, sometimes it's easier said than done. But it's really important not to get too low as well. You know, and is that when you rely on friends, family, yeah. teammates, and the, the gaffer to... Very much so. There's nothing worse. No player's injured on purpose and it's... I've sat in a treatment room and you look out the window and you see all your mates, you know, they're, they're doing their laps, uh, laps, there's a warm-up there, they're doing their finishing, the smiles on faces and you're sitting in there on a treatment uh, table with a machine strapped around your leg and thinking, you know, when am I going to get back out there? Mm -hmm. And that is when you do rely on your manager, your teammates, your family, your friends just to, to keep you positive, you know, because it's a lonely, lonely place when, you, when you're out as long as... Uh, he's been out uh, for a period of time, you know. Wants to get Kamahai... Uh, aspirations for himself wants to get his career going mm. unfortunately no fault of his own it hasn't so it's really really important to get the right people around you stay patient and when you're when you're back to uh, to do, obviously do as well as you can I certainly wouldn't want to play poker against you Jordan because you give absolutely nothing away you <laughs> walk past you in the corridor and yeah. you're smiling the next day you're on crutches and it's like oh yeah I had to have an operation yesterday afternoon yeah and you you do like you say you keep a, a level head yeah what was the most challenging aspect of the last, I suppose the last 10 months really, obviously yeah. from January you were injured, you came back and mm. were having a brilliant pre-season, mm. then suffered yeah. the, the setback and you, you've been out up until recently. What yeah. was the most <clears throat> challenging time? It was probably the time when obviously I had, I had the operation and obviously when I knew I was going to have the operation, I knew that I was going to be out for three months. I knew I would miss the end of the season, so I kind of got that into my head. It was the time when I, I came back for pre-season flying mm -hmm. yeah. and I was very fit and I was feeling probably yeah. the best I've ever felt because I was in over the whole of the summer. And then it was and the, the manager time. was speaking so well of you. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And then um, it's when I got injured, just at the end of pre-season, I could feel my hamstring. And I tried to play on for a couple of weeks, but I got to a game in Germany where 
I just felt that I couldn't sprint anymore and something was really bad and something was really wrong. So when we got back to England, I had a scan on my hamstring and they said that I had torn tendons off of my hamstring and I was playing with this and Matt May was very surprised that I could still even run on it, mm. but I was still functioning on it. And that was the, I think one of the hardest things because obviously I had worked so hard over pre-season to, to try and be back as fit as I can for obviously for the season ahead and then to hear that news that I'll be out for another six weeks mm. was just like very it was very uh, probably one of the lowest times in my career just because of the sheer amount of work that I had put in in the summer and I thought you know I'd done everything I can to try and stay as injury free as possible and then that hit me at the start of the season but then again I probably had a couple of low days and like you like Andy said I got my family around me I got a great great family and good friends around me mm. they sat me down and we just trying to take my mind off things I couldn't do much for the first few weeks I just had to let the injury heal and rest up and then you know like I did in the summer I just you know got back to business got back to you know getting in the gym getting as strong as I can again and you know there's the lads are great as well they helped me as much as as much as everyone else you know I'm in the change room every day, seeing the lads, you know, they're making sure I'm all right and I'm still in and around the group mm. and things like that. So it's the whole package, really. It's not just, you know, people at home, it's the people at the club as well that helped me. Dan, was with, I've been with him nearly every day for the past, like, 10 months, you know. He's been doing strength and conditioning. Strength and conditioning in the gym and that. And, you know, he keeps me going every day as well. Of course, you have days where you're like, oh, I wish I could be outside and, you know, I wish I could be, you know, training and that. It but doesn't help that the gym looks out onto the <laughs> training <laughs> pitch, does it? Overlooks the training pitch. And the thing know? that must be annoying for you is that when everyone talks about Jordan Cousins as a footballer, yeah. they, na they say an athlete yeah. because you've got that ability to go both ways. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. defend, you can yeah. attack. Yeah. So... To then be sidelined for such a considerable period of time, yeah. that goes against almost everything that people do say. <laughs> exactly, because, yeah. Yeah. And that, that must be a real conundrum for you to get your head around at times. Yeah, obviously, because everybody's seen in my, in my career, obviously before I played in, at QPR, that I had played you know, 44, 46 games for the whole so, of my career. So mm -hmm. everyone's used to me being consistent. So that's why this is a bit of a, like, a new thing for me mm. because I'm not, I've never really you know, been injured. The longest I've probably been out before this was probably a couple of weeks with yeah. a minor injury. So it's a new thing for me. It's a new thing I'm experiencing, but you know, it's something I can learn from, you know what I mean? And I, I feel like I know my body a lot more now than I did before, just through going through this past 10 months of, you know, injuries. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Exactly. Um, you're back playing now and yeah. in, in the two games you featured and you've played yeah. as a, a right wing back. Yeah. Um, that clearly suits your strength as a yeah, player. Yeah, we talked yeah. about your ability to go both ways in mm -hmm. terms of getting up the pitch and then defending as well. Yeah. How have you found that new role that Ollie seems to have given uh, you in the last couple of weeks? It's been good. I've enjoyed it, you know, because we played a behind the closed doors game against Crystal Palace that not anybody really saw because obviously it was behind closed doors. And you I had played. Zahar in your pocket. Yeah, I, had, I, wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far and say I had him in pocket. He's a, he, was a, he was a good player coming back from injury himself, but yeah. I had a, quite a, a good solid game in that position. Is that the first time you've Played in that position? Right wing back, yes. Yeah. I played right back before. Mm. Um, I've played in a numerous amount of positions <laughs> in my career. But um, yeah, it was the first time I had played in that role and I, I slotted into it very well, you know. And funny enough, I didn't train the day before because I was, I was ill the day before. So I didn't really do anything much in training. So the gaffer, you know, I, but I really wanted to play in that yeah. game because it was a, a minutes that I needed. So yeah. he said, you know what, before the game, he wanted me to play me in that role. And I just, you know, I think it was the best thing he could have done because I think if I would have, he would have told me the day before, I would have been thinking about at home yeah. and trying to, but where he just threw me into it, I just got used to it and it just kind of clicked. Is that good management then? Um, I would say so. Some, some players are different. Yeah. Some players like to know and some players are best, you know, when you just tell it and they have less time to think about it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, it was a good thing. And obviously he liked me in that position. And then he said, you know, 
it's somewhere where I, he sees me playing in the team and then obviously I had to wait a couple of weeks. I was on the bench for a couple of games yeah. and then I got my opportunity against Wolves and, you know, it was just the whole, like, the whole day and the whole feeling of being back at Loftus Road. I just felt energised by just being around everything and the yeah. whole home environment and everything like that and it just, you know, the day, it was probably one of the greatest days I've had at QPR. Just the whole 10 months being out, coming mm, back against coming the top together. of the league, you know, and, and winning that game. The whole feeling afterwards was just, it was a very good feeling. And of all the games to come back into, you mentioned they were top of the league. And yeah, yeah. as we said, we, we've seen Wolves in action on Sky and obviously yeah. at Loftus Road. They like to bomb forward, don't yeah, they? So yeah, that yeah. was a real test in that position for the first time. Really. Yeah, it was. It was. And we were, like I, said, like I said, I had been on the bench for the previous games, you know, and we hadn't been getting the results that we, we had deserved, but I knew deep down and everyone knew in the club deep down that we deserved, you know, to get some points out of the games that we didn't. And it was just a matter of time before performances like Wolves and like Sheffield came out of the team. And it was just, it was a, it was a good first two games to be back in. You um, were on the bench against Nottingham Forest. I would, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would imagine having been out for so long and you yeah. had two games in the space of three days, yeah. it was probably a, a case of a precautionary move yeah. from the manager. What was the, the mood like afterwards on, on the bus home? Because I think the general view of fans was it's a disappointing result, yeah. but it's you look at the other week. two, it, it's been yeah. a good week, six yeah. points from three games. But what was the mood like on the on the, the coach home? It was, everybody was disappointed, yeah, because when you no one wants to lose 4-0, you know what I mean? We had had such a good week and mm. a three points at Forest would have put us, you know, yeah. I think it's two or three points off the playoffs. Right, so think, yeah. um, everybody was, yeah, disappointed. But, you know, you have to think, we have to just, you know, I don't know, put it back and just say, you know what, these things happen in football, you know, it wasn't our day, you know, we can't be perfect, you know, all the time and just put it behind us, you know, we've got we've had the international break now, everyone's been training hard, people have been away, kind of clear it out of our minds, sit down and we've had like meetings in the, um, in the video room, get it right, work out what we could have done better and, you know, move on because let's just kind of put it behind us, you know, and we've got another home game on Saturday that... Another, another tough one, mm. probably going to be the same as Wolves, kind of, that we can, you know, challenge ahead and, and try and get the three points in that one. You fit and available for Saturday against Yeah, Villa? yeah, yeah, I'm fit and available. I was fit and available against Nottingham Forest, but obviously <laughs> the gaffer saw, um, saw otherwise and he probably wanted to protect me a bit. But, you know, I'm, I'm fit and ready and training every day and, you know, jumping at the bit to play a part in the team. And these are the games you really want to be involved in, don't you? The visit of an Aston Villa side, a big spend yeah, in Aston exactly. Villa side, good manager in Steve Bruce, who are yeah. on the way up again after a really sluggish start to the season. It'll be another tough game, won't Yeah, it? it will be a tough game, but it's a game that I think that, you know, I think personally at home, especially against any team, we're able to get results, do you know what I mean? As because we've shown. Exactly, as we've shown. So I'm very confident, obviously, if selected, that we can, you know, get a, um, a positive result. Massimo Longo is one player that could be away this weekend owing to uh, his ventures with Australia. Would yeah. I guess in an ideal world you'd yeah. like to be playing central midfield, but if, yeah. if you do have to play at right wing back, obviously Pavel Shoek's been away with, yeah. with Poland, hasn't yeah. he? So opportunity knocks again potentially for you there. Have you got a, a, prepared, a, a preferred position, I should say, to, to play this weekend if, if you did have a choice? Hypothetically. Um, you know what? It's a hard one because because I've been playing at right wing back, you kind of get used to playing in that mm. position and your mm. mindset is, is that. So in training, I'm thinking about things that I can improve on when I'm playing that position. Mm. So if you start me right now, I'll probably say right wing back yeah. because I'm just so yeah. in that zone where I would be, you know, because we played against Charlton in a, um, behind the closed door friendly last Friday, last yeah. Friday and I was in midfield again. I was a bit like, whoa, it took me a couple of minutes to get into the game because I'm so used to being mm. on that 
right wing. So if you said right now, I'd probably say right wing back just because I'm in that groove. And, yeah. I'm, you know, and, it, and it's not just on the pitch, is it? Yeah. Obviously, all the pattern of play you've been doing exactly. for the last few weeks, you've been at right, right wing back. back. Exactly. So, yeah. And like I said, it would be, I'm not sure. I think Mass, because I, I come in with Mass every day in the morning. We do a car school and I think he's back on um, Friday, yeah. Thursday evening. So he might be a bit checked, like, but Mass is one of them people, if you know Mass, that if he's right, he will play, do you know what mm. I mean? So I think you'll have to just see how he comes back in and see how he feels on Friday to see if he's involved on Saturday. But, but you'll be driving him in Friday and if he is a bit jet-lagged. I'm not too sure whose drive it is. <laughs> I'm not sure whose drive it is, but sometimes, you know, he likes to drive. Sometimes I like to drive. So we'll just see how he feels. I'll text him in the night and see. There's definitely a carpool on. karaoke yeah, uh, <laughs> idea coming to my mind. <laughs> um, just, just looking ahead to Villa then. Um, how soon in the week does the gaffer, and I know it's different going into... Um, or during an international break. Yeah. How soon in a week on a general Saturday fixture would the managers start looking at the strengths and weaknesses with the players? To uh, usually on a Thursday. Yeah. Usually on Two a Thursday, before. yeah, when all like a kind of week like this week, obviously with the exception of Mass, everybody would probably be back from international yeah. duty on, on Thursday. And you usually, like, we'll have a meeting about the other team and things like that and proper look at the team and we'll do some kind of shape work as well on the Thursday probably mainly on the Thursday, sometimes a little bit on a Friday as well, yeah. but Friday is more of a day where we try and be short and sharp, you know. And he goes into quite a lot of detail? Yeah, for, for, for a lot of detail, you know what I mean? Everybody like knows their job, you know what I mean? Everybody knows, even to the probably five minutes before we got to play, every the coaches are in and around us, making sure everyone knows their jobs, set piece wise, and you know, everybody is, is fully drilled now. Just on that, so let's say Saturday you're playing as a wing back, and let's say yeah. you're playing up against Albert Adoma. Yeah, yeah. How much info do you get from the coaching staff about him, or do you rely on what you've seen, or, or would someone say, you know, he'll go on the outside, he'll come yeah. on your inside, he'll cross early, he'll, he'll, he's got a trick? How much detail do you get on that? I think with a player like him, I think everyone's seen him play, so yep. you know he's got obvious attributes. Yep. But it depends how the team's set up. You know, the manager might exactly. want the manager might want me to show him inside. He might want to show me show him outside. You know, it depends what kind of tactics the manager wants to manager wants to deploy on the day. But you know. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely know on Thursday. Do you know what I mean? He'll know that certain players will be starting. People will know that certain players might be not be playing and they might be injured. Mm -hmm. So we'll prepare for all kind of situations. But personally, I just you know I try not to think about yeah. that too much. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it kind of can offset your game yeah, as yeah. well. So it's about you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's about you and you imposing myself yeah. on the game. And especially when we're at home as well, because we're exactly. showing that if we're on exactly. the front foot, we're, we're a match for anyone. Just exactly. just finally, then I think I already know the answer to this one before yeah. I've even asked a question. <laughs> a target for yourself between now and the end of the season, just to get a steady run of games in the side and keep building on your fitness. Literally, levels. my my goal right now from now to end of the season is to stay fit. Mm. Like. People would say it sounds weird, but it would say to be like playing as much games as I can. But it is literally just to stay injury free and to give the gaffer an option that I'll be ready for every game. That is the literally goal from now to end of the season. Performance wise, I know my performances will come, but generally to stay in a good bill of health and to stay fit and strong is my main goal between now and the end of the season. So, as we said, gents, Aston Villa at Loftus Road this weekend following the international break. They'd have had a lot of internationals away. Um, we've had a few ourselves. But there'll be no John Terry, which will come as a boost. He's uh, picked up an injury that's expected to sideline him for a couple of weeks, Andy. And John Terry, a seasoned performer at Premier League level over the last 10 to 15 years. So certainly an asset in the Championship. He'll be sorely missed by them. Any team at our level will miss someone. His experience, his leadership and he, his quality as a footballer. You know, he's... Um you don't have the type of career he's had. 
Um, and I speak to people who are Villa fans, they said he's settled really, really well up there. So uh, he'll be a big miss for them and a plus for us. They're littered though, aren't they, with solid performers? Paul, you've listed them on this script here. Adoma, Snodgrass, Hurahan, Whelan, Chester, to name but a few. Um, a very solid championship side that started the season slowly, won one of their first six, but have now picked up 19 points from their last nine and are now in the playoffs, where you'd expect them to be come the end of the season, I'm sure. It's incredible that at a stage earlier in the season, Steve Bruce's position was under threat. And you think, my God, this guy... I think guy, he was a favourite to in yeah. the sack race at one point. This guy's won four phenomenal. promotions to the Premier League. And is that how just, crazy the game is now? Oh, absolutely. And I think also that, that. clubs that spend money, they have um, you know greater expectations, demands, and perhaps because of that you get less time in the hot seat if things aren't going so well. Especially as uh, a club of Villa's size as well. Andy, you've played, I'm sure, at Villa Park over the years. Um, and that is a real football in Mecca, isn't it? It's a, it's a great place to go and play football. And they're a big, big club, Aston Villa. It's a huge club. you know. European champions? Yeah, not so long ago, but certainly uh, the biggest club in the Mid uh, Midlands. Uh, you know, really well supported. They'll, bring a, they'll pack the away end on, uh, on Saturday. So... Uh, I put the kiss of death on them. Uh, I tip them to go up this year. So, uh, but they're, they're, they're coming strong after a difficult start. So it's uh, it's game on. But as we've seen, and we say time and time again, that seems to be when we're at our best. When the stadium's full, there's a great atmosphere, and we're perceived to be the underdog. Mm. You look at the spending, Paul, and you did mention uh, Scott Hogan cost them nine million in January. Um, he's on his way back now from injury. Jonathan Codger. 11 million quid last summer. He's been starting in recent weeks. They're a front two to be feared if they do play alongside each other. Yeah, and I would have thought, um, I mean, obviously we, our um, centre-back issues are, are well documented. We've still got a, a number of centre-backs out. So arguably that's where this game's going to be won and lost. Often you say it's in the midfield, etc. But I think the challenge of keeping them quiet, if we can do that, I, I actually fancy us to score at home. I think we always look a threat going forward and, and we... We are creative and we are on the front foot. It's whether we can keep their plethora of talent quiet at the other end of the pitch. It's going to be the challenge. And also, after the clean sheet against the Blades, then concede four at Nottingham Forest, I'd imagine that well, the whole team, from a defensive point of view, will be really keen to get back to being as tight as they have been. I think it was um, might have been Alex Smithies or Joel Lynch was talking about targets from a defensive point of view. And he said, you know, you don't want to concede any goals, but... If you only concede one goal, I actually think it was Alex Baptiste, if you only concede, on average, one goal per game, then you're not going to be far away. And, you know, we were certainly getting towards that prior to the game. It's not in for us. I'd imagine they'll be looking to get back on, on track with that on Saturday. We've mentioned Massimo Luongo, unlikely to start. Doesn't arrive back until Friday morning. Um, Jordan Cousins... Um, he's going to give him a lift, by all accounts, into work on Friday. So it'd be interesting to see what Ali does, though, won't it? Because he's got a conundrum there, because you'd like... Naturally, you'd think Jordan Cousins would probably come back into central midfield if, if, if Mass doesn't start. But then, obviously, Pavel Showek's been away on international duty. So does he become available? And we know Ali likes those three as a unit. He said yep. that openly, that it's almost like they're very good individually, but the three of them collectively yeah. are, are probably even more valuable than them as individuals. They, they work so well together. Difficult he, for a player like Mass to be coming back from the other side of the world, landing on Thursday evening, to then 
get himself ready for a game on Saturday. I mean, fatigue will come into it, jet lag will come into it, but like you say, he's a naturally fit lad. And, and Jordan said there, if Mass feels he's ready, he, you know, he, he won't beat about the bush. He'll say he's ready to the manager, and mm. then that leaves the manager with the decision to make. You've been a manager. You've been obviously not quite at this level where you've had players away on international duty as such, but it's a selection quandary, isn't it, for Ian Holloway? Yeah, it's an awkward one, but I would... If it was me, I'd, I'd sit down with Matt and I would probably discuss it, see how he is. You know, Does Tuesday come into it as well with, say, with yeah. Derby? Obviously, after that, you've then got six days because we don't play to the Monday, but yeah. you're looking at that Saturday-Tuesday scenario, aren't you? Yeah, it'll all come into play, but I would probably sit down with Matt, see how he is, Look assess that, yeah. talk about the games coming up and see how he feels because he's got to feel right. Um, you know, if he's feeling a little bit off it, Maybe better starting him on the bench if he feels that at start and he can always come off. You know, that's that's as a manager the things you've got to try and juggle. If you get it right, it's a great decision. If you get it wrong, people will say, Well, he shouldn't have done it. So um, that's just the way it is. But uh Maslowonga's performances this season have been exceptional. So from that point of view, you you play what you think is your strongest side. Paul said about the midfield unit, it's been outstanding, as good as anything in the league. But as I say, you've got the the difficulty of travelling from the other side of the world and getting back quite late. We're recording this obviously before his game. Well, fingers crossed he does qualify for the World Cup after Connor Washington just missed out with Northern Ireland. And just finally, Andy, the um, stars of Loftus Road 100 night, we've announced that this week, the latest Forever Hours initiative. Just give us a little bit of a breakdown in terms of what fans who buy a ticket for 20 quid, pint a pint included on January the 9th can expect. Well, it's a follow-up from the really good event we had last year with the, you know, the the 67 Cup winning side, where we had three of the stars of that uh, season and game uh, back and just reliving their memories. You know, this year's 100 years at Loftus Road, so we 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 thought about an event where we could, um, you know, capture the memories over a, a vast amount of time, if you like. So we got four four various players. And we got um, Bob Hazel, Kevin Gallen, Phil Parks, and uh, Jamie Mackey, who's still playing, you know. So that covers almost 40 years of memories of playing at Loftus Road, teammates, managers, fans, games, experiences. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so it should be a really, uh, another really good night where, you know, fans can come and probably hear things that they don't know about or think they know about, etc., etc. And it's, it, again, it's just something about engaging. Not so much with Jamie because he's in the building, if you like, but engaging former players with the club, with the fans, and bringing it all together. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it.